Welcome, everyone. Uh, we are continuing in our series of messages called Uncommon. Last week we looked at you are an uncommon people. You're called, you're chosen, you're holy. You have an uncommon um, task ahead that Christ has given to us. Uh, we're sojourners passing through this world onto our own promised land, heaven one, one day. And meanwhile, here on earth, we get to be among everyone, but not of everyone here. We're, we're uh, born again. We're free from the bondage of sin because of Christ. And so it's an exciting time to be in the world, but not of the world, because we know we, we have a power in us that others don't have. And that's what I want to talk about today is the uncommon spirit that we have within us. But before I get into the message, I want to tell you a story from my youth. And uh, that was back in the last century. Uh, but I was uh, working my way through school and uh, trying to get different jobs. My first full-time job out of uh, high school as I was going into college was at Bradley Ornamental Ironworks. And so my job was to cut like a thousand pieces of metal about this long that were going to be welded into stair railings and uh, that kind of stuff. And it wasn't a real exciting job. It was mostly just cut, shift, cut, shift, until I had a stack of the right number of, uh, of, of bars there. And um, so it was me and my friend Richard. He was on the grinder. And my, uh, my foreman, Melvin, was there. He was the, uh, the welder. And so the three of us, we'd work all day long, and it was quite boring. Um, tried to liven it up a little bit from time to time. But one, one day, it was particularly difficult in the shop because every time I was cutting and when Richard was grinding, we would blow the breaker. It was frustrating because everything had to stop, and we had to go back to find the breaker box, click the breaker, re-engage the, the, uh, the machines. And so it would go, and every, I don't know, probably 10, 15 minutes, the breaker would blow. So, Melvin had this idea, because he's the foreman, that we just run an extension cord, two of them from Richard's machine to another outlet in the wall. Richard didn't notice that he plugged the, the, the connection and, and clamped it to the leg of my machine. And, so, and then he whispered a devious plan into my ear. So the plan was, uh, every once in a while I would unplug it and... Richard, of course, would have to go down to the breaker box and try and fiddle with it. Nothing would happen. And then Melvin would say, come here, come here, Richard. This, this machine is quite temperamental, actually. Uh, you have to be really nice to it. Sometimes you just take a little, a little screwdriver and you hit it right here. And as soon as you hit it, I plugged it in. And it, and it worked. Said, oh, okay, so we, this is called, um, I think Pavlov had something to do with this psychological experiment. So every once in a while, again, I'd, I'd, I'd unplug it. Richard would be frustrated. He's like, not again. He'd go check the breaker box, but it didn't work, of course. So he went back, and you'd see, you'd see him thinking, what am I going to do? And then we were out working away. I could work on my machine and still see him. So as soon as he tapped it, I plugged it in. And so this went on for, I don't know, probably an hour. <laughs> I was having fun. And then and Melvin said, just cut it. So uh, I stopped at his machine again. He went, and of course... He's, he starts tapping it, tapping it, tapping it. And then uh, Mel says, you know, actually, it's a very temperamental machine. This, um, this grinder, you've got to be nice to it. Hey, baby. He rubbed it on the side. <laughs> hey, baby. You can work for me, right? And as soon as he did it, I plugged it in. So, and Richard didn't know what was going on. So, 
So, of course, I unplugged it again, and he was tapping and tapping. Nothing was happening. Then you kind of see him look around and go, hey, baby. <laughs> and I'd plug it in. <laughs> so, and, then, and, then, and then I had it unplugged one more time, and I think Melvin came over and says, you got to be really nice with it. You know, come on. Come on, you know, baby. You've been good to me for these number of years, and uh, it's, you're special. You know, I don't have any other grinder like you. And, you know, I'd plug it back in. <laughs> And Richie was just dumbfounded by this thing going on. And eventually, I, I unplugged that altogether. I walked over and said, what's going on? Like, you're just, you get, it looks like you're getting real friendly with that machine. <laughs> and, said, and it wouldn't work. It doesn't work. He says, well, follow the cord. And so he walked and followed the cord to my machine. I had to run, actually, out of the building as he chased me <laughs> down. But I learned at that time, you know, no power, no work. You don't have the power, your machines aren't going to run. And when I look at the Holy Spirit, sometimes we have some misconceptions about who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit's all about. Some people, when I would start off, what the Holy Spirit is not, our uncommon spirit is not a force or a power, like an energy field that surrounds and binds the galaxy together. The Spirit is a distinct person, a person, uh, part of the triune God that we call the Trinity. This, this Spirit also is not... A messenger of God. He's not like some Greek God that runs off at the bidding of Jesus or of God to do his errands. He's, he's not a messenger. He has a distinct role, but he is equal to the Father and the Son. They all work together all the time. The Holy Spirit also is not like little brother or the runt of the family or lesser in some way, you know, big God, big son, little spirit. You know, it's not like that. They're, they're equal in, in who they are, uh, Three together, three all having the same attributes, and they're co-equals. They just have different kind of roles. You see, there would not be a church if God didn't call people out. There would not be a church if the Jesus Christ himself did not die on the cross and, and suffer for us. There would not be a church if the Holy Spirit did not uh, help people to be born again and come together. They all work together all the time. The Holy Spirit also is not a toy that we play with. He's not a, an unknowable fascination. You know, like any person, he can be grieved. Um, you can hurt the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit talks to us. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us on behalf, uh, to God. He, he, he helps us to understand God's thoughts. He helps us to understand what the Bible's actually saying. And he, he speaks to us in a way that sensitizes us to God's will. The Holy Spirit... Why is the Holy Spirit uncommon? Well, he has certain uncommon abilities. I'm doing a little bit of research into gods, small g, that have uh, existed throughout the ages as civilizations rose. Zeus, you know, famous god of the Greeks, was seen as the father of all gods. Um, except he, he actually had to dispatch with his father, kill his dad, uh, do some... Um, uh, some uh, deals with his two brothers, Poseidon and Hades, in order to become the god of all gods in the Greek mindset. But he was mean. He was ruthless, and he was terrorizing humanity all the time. Well, the Hindu religion has their own trinity. They have Brahma, the creator, and Vishnu, the preserver, and Shiva, the destroyer, each having their own expertise. But the Spirit of God is not one person amongst Three, he is all together. They have all power all together all the time. They are creator. 
They are facilitator and sustainer and empower and director. They, they love us dearly. Together they all work. The spirit has a very specific purpose. I also looked at uh, you know, Marvel's comics, the genocidal warlord Thanos, who managed to collect all the infinity stones, you know, and, and he, he destroyed half the, the, the galaxy with a snap of his finger. I wish I had that kind of power, but you know, even Thor, using the stonebreaker axe, comes and dispatches him ultimately. What I learned, you know, in the world of God, small g, there's always a bigger and better one. There's always another civilization coming. There's always another power, bigger and better, but not with our God. It says he's the one true God. And the Holy Spirit today is uncommon in how he helps us. You know, the, about this Holy Spirit, his characteristics is that he is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere all the time. In the scriptures, if you read through the the biblical accounts, the Old Testament in particular, and even into the New, you hear about the gods of the Hittites and the Jebusites, the gods of the Egyptians, the gods of, of the, the mountains, the hills, and the plains, and the sea. But they're all very regional. They all stay within their zone with that particular people group. Our God is free to roam the entire earth. He's not restricted. He's omnipresent. Um, in fact, these other gods, when they're called upon to, to help give battles and rain uh, to crops and to bring in harvest. They really didn't even care about people at all. You had to try and appease them all the time to try and get their attention. Think about Elijah and Mount Carmel, uh, all of those prophets calling out to their, their gods. And he's saying, well, maybe, maybe um, they're sleeping. Maybe yell louder. <laughs> he's teasing them, taunting them, because their gods were worthless in the face of the God that he served. The Holy Spirit also is omnipotent, means that Nothing exists apart from the Holy Spirit. We learned at the very beginning that God, the Father, and the Son, together were creating the heavens and the earth. All-powerful. No one is even in the same league as our God. He's omniscient. means he knows everything. He sees everything. He is, he is all-seeing and knowing all the time. Nothing is hidden from our God. You can't bring him a problem he doesn't already know about. You, don't, you can't come with thoughts he hasn't already read your mind about. And also, he's a gift giver. God loved us first. And the Spirit takes the initiative with us. The other gods in the universe and the galaxies, they didn't really care much about people. People were toys that they played with and, and disturbed and, and harmed and used and abused all the time. Not our God. Our God is uncommon. The Holy Spirit comes with love to help and protect and guide and, and give you all that you need to have an abundant, successful life. The other thing about our uncommon spirit is that he's permanent. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. He doesn't take breaks. He doesn't go on vacation. He's not busy in, in Egypt right now and then gone down to Argentina for a while and all up to the, the, the north. He's everywhere all the time. He doesn't leave you or forsake you. Some years ago, my wife and family and I lived in, in Europe, and we traveled down all the way to, to Italy in our car. It was a very interesting car. It was donated by a family who had been in England, so it was a, a right-hand steering wheel vehicle, but it was also an automatic vehicle, which was very unusual in Europe because it's mostly stick shift. And I was grateful because if I'm going to drive on the wrong side of the car, at least I don't have to worry about shifting with my left hand. We went all the way down to, 
to the, uh, the east coast of Italy for the vacation time. And on a very hot Sunday, we went to see an aquarium at a particular city. And on the way back from the aquarium, all the lights on my dashboard came on at the same time. And the steering became hard. The brakes were difficult. The air conditioning went warm. And I, you know, it looked like Christmas with all the lights blinking at me. And I, I said, somebody pray. <laughs> pray that a gas station appears really quickly because we were on narrow roads driving through the country. And within about a minute and a half, a gas station is on the right-hand side, which is nice for me. I pulled into it. I backed into a spot and lifted up the hood. And I knew as soon as I turned it off, it ain't going to start again. <laughs> so I... Let's see, well, I'm in Italy. Do you, anyone here know uh, a number to call for uh, roadside assistance in Italy? Like, if you do, please text me. Because I didn't know. I don't speak Italian. I, you know, I can say Pinocchio and, you know, mozzarella, you know, and fortissimo. All of my Italian words that I learned in music and food. But that doesn't help me fix the car. So I said, we got to pray. And I went to the gas station and it was closed. It was Sunday, closed. And I, I don't know what to do. And my kids are in the back going, Dad, it's getting hot in here. And going, sorry, I can't even unroll the windows. They're electric. <laughs> Open the door. So I called. I prayed with my family. And I said, God, help us. Like, we are, I don't, there's nothing I can do at this point to help my family fix this car. I went out, and sure enough, the, the serpentine belt, the one that goes zip, zip, zip all the way through the engine, I think it's called a serpent for a reason. It's just nasty, you know, when, the, when it goes bad. And so... Just as I finished praying, the owner of the gas station drives up with his college-age daughter. He'd forgotten something in the office. He goes in, and I chased him in to the office. He's going, oh, 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 oh. I said, no, no, my, my car is broken. Like, he says, oh, I said, no English, no English. But my daughter here that I brought with me, she's going to a university in the States. So she says, what's the problem? I said, I don't know. It's just not going to work. And she says, okay, I will call a tow truck for you. Uh, he will take you to a mechanic, the only mechanic open today. And, um, and then they will drop your family off at the hotel. And so I said, thank you, God. So uh, we, we had the family dropped off, and, and I got taken to the mechanic. And yeah, I'm sure his name must have been Geppetto, because he looked like Pinocchio's maker. And it was a long white beard and a mustache. And, and he takes his flashlight and he points it down to the bottom of the engine where these two little wheels were interlocking and had separated. He says, this part, we have no such part in all of Italy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I got on my phone. I called my mechanic friend back in Norway where we'd driven from. And I said, Mark, I don't know what to do. He says, that's a Vauxhall van, right? I said, yeah, it's a Vauxhall. He says, well, I think, I think Citroën makes the Vauxhall in Italy. I said, I don't know, what's a Citroen? I thought it was like a lemon or something in French. And I look out the window and the Citroen dealer is across the street. And within a half a day, the car was fixed and we were on our way back up to Switzerland where we were doing a conference. And I, I thought to myself, every time I had an issue, a car was broken, I needed a gas station, needed to get in, talk to somebody, I needed help, I needed to... Every time I prayed, within minutes, God answered. And I wanted my kids to see how a loving God cares for his people in their time of need. I could do nothing at all, period. The entire situation was completely out of my hands. But I had a big God 
I had a friend called the Holy Spirit that I could call on at any time. And I want my kids to see, what does dad do when he's in a crisis? He doesn't, well, I went to the conference and I was speaking to a men's group and this big CIA agent who was at the conference driving his Mercedes in from Germany. He says, my car busted as well on the road here in the Audubon. But I tell you, I wish I had prayed because all I did is I cursed a blue streak and my kids heard swear words that they'd never heard me say before. And I said, I want my kids to see who I turn to, who I depend on. That's the uncommon spirit we have who doesn't leave us, who, who steps in when we are beyond ourselves, when we are desperate for his intervention. He comes through. He's there and you can count on this spirit. Our spirit has an uncommon purpose. For us, he brings to mind everything you need to know, as well as providing, as well as providing words to say when we stand to bear witness to Jesus Christ. I had a friend uh, last night, we were talking at dinner time, and he says, I've got a buddy who works with me, and he's dying of cancer. It's in every organ of his body, and he's got hardly any days left. And he says, tomorrow I'm going to hang out with him. I'm going to try and tell him about Jesus. <laughs> he needs to know about God, because he's going to see him face to face pretty quickly. And I said, you know, don't worry about it, because you will know what to say. God will help you. We don't know. God does. And that's part of the, whole, the uncommon uh, purpose of our spirit to help us to say what we need to say when we bear witness to Jesus. He also has a, a, a role of a companion and a protector, an advisor, and a director. What other God that people worship was, had that kind of role? The Holy Spirit is uncommon because he actually walks with us as a counselor and a protector and an enabler and empowers us to do everything that God has asked us to do. Luke 4.1 says, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, and he returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Full of the Spirit, led by the Spirit, guided by the Spirit, through his time of temptation, he was sustained by the Spirit. That's an uncommon Spirit. The Spirit also reveals truth and explains Scripture and sensitizes us to what God wants us to do. In John 16, 13, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you things that are to come. Do you want to know the future? Do you want to know how to prepare now for what's coming? You better get close to the Spirit. That's his job. He's actually given the assignment to help us be prepared for what's coming. And also, the Spirit gives life to believers. He's the one that helps us to be born again, to come alive in Christ. John 6, 63 says, it's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I've spoken to you, Jesus said, are spirit and life. And then verse 63, 64 of John 6, he says, but there are some of you who don't believe. And we can pass by that little phrase or we can just hold on and say, wait a minute, <laughs> these people that he was talking to, sitting right in front of him, having a meal with, he's, he's the Lord of lords, the King of kings. He is the, the Son of God right there, yet some still did not believe. Some would not follow him and give up the right to their life and place it in his hands. Well, the third thing about the, the uncommon spirit is that he has an uncommon impact on people's lives. Not just does he have an uncommon abilities or an uncommon assignment and purposes, but he has an uncommon impact on people's lives all the time. He transforms personalities. Remember with the Apostle Paul, he used to be Saul of Tarsus. 
He was an enemy of the church. He was destroying people's lives because they were followers of the way. But when the Spirit got a hold of his heart, he became, he became so radically different. He became the defender of the church, church planter, the teacher, the discipler of new believers. The Spirit also heals heart wounds. I can't even imagine any other God that people have served over the years, throughout the generations, that could heal a heart, that could help people be restored to a safe place again. He helps us to forgive people who have acted against us. He helps us move beyond tragedy and trauma to a solid and safe place. He shows us a better way than revenge and retribution and holding grudges against others. He sets us free from the bondage of guilt. What other God can do that? He is uncommon. He is the one that helps us to, to be the kind of creatures that God created us to be from the very beginning. He also empowers the weak. Acts 4.8 talks about Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke to all the rulers who were trying to destroy him. He, stood, he was a fisherman. And they were running the country. He was a commoner, and they were near treated like royalty. Yet he could stand up with full confidence because the Holy Spirit had filled him and enabled him. You ever need that kind of power? Do you ever have to go talk to your boss sometimes, and you're shaking, you're nervous, or a policeman stops you? You don't know why. He's walking up to your car. You're going, be still. The Spirit can, can, can fill you and give you courage and strength. You are a child of God uncommon people. He also redeems souls for eternity. Again, uncommon. What other God does that? What other God can have access to a person's soul like the Holy Spirit can? Setting people free from powers of darkness in this world and setting them in the kingdom of God for eternity, to live with God forever? He made us alive together with Christ. It says, by grace you've been saved and it's the Spirit of God who applies grace to your life. Now think about the core nature of God and the uncommon spirit for a minute. Like he was the first self-revealed God who from the very beginning right to the end has consistently focused on love. It's uncommon amongst the gods. Some gods were to do with fertility and getting pregnant, but this was, this was not that. This was love for humanity. He loved us so much he even sent his son to die for us that we could have a right relationship with him. What other God does that? The Bible says that we love him because he first loved us in 1 John 4. And then it says anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. I like this God we serve. I think he's pretty cool. I think that he is so outstanding amongst all other pretenders out there, all other gods that people create in their own mind and their own civilizations over the generations and eons. Nothing that anyone else has ever come up with to worship has even been comparable in the same league to the God that we serve. Yet still they refuse many to worship him. The God of true love intimately demonstrated how to love through his personal interaction with Abraham, David, Moses, Ruth, and others. He came from his heavens to talk to people and show them what love was all about. I'm going to create a nation out of you. I'm going to display who I am amongst you, a people who were not a people, he says. And then 
He sends his son not only to explain God's love and all the teachings he did about the kingdom, but to demonstrate the greatest act of sacrificial love ever known to mankind. Dying on a cross. What God does that? And then the, when he rose from the dead, he says, you know what? I'm going to send you someone that's even better. The Holy Spirit is going to be with you forever and never leave you. And the Spirit continually reminds us of God's amazing love and helps us respond back to God in love. He, he indwells us. When we worship today, the Spirit is in us and around us and in this room helping us to be able to interpret uh, our feelings of appreciation and satisfaction in God and love for Him up to heaven. And, and His presence is an affirmation of God's love and acceptance of our worship here. So they all work together. John 20, 20, Jesus had said this, it says, he showed them his hands and his side. He's talking to his disciples in that upper room or wherever they were gathered. There's some disciples not there. But the ones that were there, he showed them the nail prints in his hands and the, and the spear imprint in his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. These are the first ones. First ones to enjoy his presence in them. Later on, at the, the Feast of Pentecost, 50 days later, after he had left earth, the Holy Spirit was given to everyone. It says Jesus was predicting that. He says, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Maple Ridge, and in all of Judea, the lower mainland, and Samaria, British Columbia, and all to the ends of the earth. Jesus gave us another comforter, a counselor, someone who desperately loves us and wants us to have an amazing life. He set the Spirit free upon the earth to dwell in and carry believers until his return. So, when we look to leadership in the church, we look to people that know the Spirit of God because we want someone to help us follow God's pathways for our church. We looked just like in the book of Acts when they were looking for deacons, men that says, full of the Spirit, because they needed to help people understand where God was wanting the church to go. How do you handle the issues? How do you love the people? How do you, how do you protect and care for and disciple and train the people? If you don't have connection to the Spirit, you don't know any of the answers. You're just guessing your way through the Christian life. Two of the people they picked were Stephen and Philip. Highly influential in the first church. They were walking in the Spirit. It was later Stephen who was arrested by the religious leaders. And they were about to, to execute Stephen. Because they didn't like what he was saying about this Jesus that they crucified. He is not risen from the dead. Yes, he is. And then as, as they're just, this, this moment, I, I don't know, it's a, it's a tragedy. But it's a comfort at the same time. They were, they were stoning Stephen to death. And it said he was full of the Spirit as this was taking place. Acts chapter 7. It says, he full of the Holy Spirit, he looked up into heaven. And he saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. This was a special gift to Stephen. Someone who's, who knew the Spirit of God. And as he was actually being executed, he was full of the Spirit of God. 
And it was like a prize, a gift for Stephen at that moment to look up to heaven and the Spirit let him see the Father and the Son. It says in, in the book of Psalms, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Jesus saw Stephen and was going to welcome him personally into heaven. And that's what the Spirit will do for each one of us, carry us into the presence of God one day. John chapter 7, verse 37, it says of Jesus, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he yelled out, I, I would love to have heard this, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And it says in the next verse, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. Have you ever heard of the great revivals that have taken place around the world? The Welsh revival in 1904 and 5, where it says 100,000 people came to Christ. Not only did it impact Wales, but it impacted all the rest of Britain. And it says a great spiritual awakening swept Britain, Scandinavia, parts of Europe, North America, the mission fields in India and Orient, Africa, and Latin America. That's what I call rivers of living water, flowing over people, 100,000 people coming to Christ in those year and a half. Rivers of living water pouring forth into the hearts of people, bringing them to faith in Christ. Rivers of living water bringing peace to the soul, joy to the heart, love for others. Rivers of living water pouring out, restoring marriages, bringing wayward children home. Rivers of living water breaking the bondage of addictions and guilt and sin. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Talk about uncommon. But God cares enough to heal a heart, to bring someone to salvation, to, to, to care for the weary, to lift up the brokenhearted, to transform those and set free people in bondage to sin and addiction. This is our uncommon spirit. So we are uncommon people infused with an uncommon spirit who reveals to us an uncommon Lord, who gives us an uncommon message to share with a lost world. So let me ask you, how are you and the uncommon spirit getting along? Do you still see him as some kind of a cosmic force that is just out there around somewhere? Or have you come to the place in your life where you love him? You thank him daily for protecting you and guiding you and empowering you to get through the day. Do you have a relationship with the Spirit of God? You, you call Jesus Lord and we pray to God the Father, but the Spirit is just kind of out there somewhere. He says, today, I want to be a part of your life. Today, I want you to see how I can be powerful to you, how I can answer your needs whenever you call. Are there rivers of living water pouring out of your life, impacting your family and others around you? You know, too often we, we ignore sin in our life, and what sin does in our life is it turns the tap off to spiritual things. We, 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 we give up the power that we have available to us because we prefer to hold on to our sin instead of holding on to the Spirit of God. Maybe fears or insecurities have stopped the flow of God's love through you to others. The Holy Spirit's design and purpose is to help us be right with God. He brings us to repentance. He brings restoration. He brings that relationship back where it needs to be. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads for a moment as I close up this message. I'm going to ask God's Spirit to fill this place. I'm going to ask God's Spirit to fill each person's heart. 
to show us what we need to know. Father God, if there is sin in our life, point it out. Let us be made right with you. Let us turn wide open those taps so rivers of living water can flow through us, can impact other people's lives, can bring the peace that we've been searching for, can bring the confidence in you in this uncertain world. Holy Spirit, touch our hearts, touch our mind. Remind us of God's love for us. Remind us of the presence of, of, of Jesus here in this place because through you, Father, you, Father <laughs> Spirit, you bring us the Father and the Son in this place. Guide us, Father, to respond to you as you are directing even now, to stop and to reflect on whether or not we've been letting the Spirit have his way in our heart and our life. May we be a true reflection of Christ in our homes and in our workplaces and where you place us. And Father God, thank you for another chance just to worship you, to thank you right now for all that you've done for us. You are most uncommon. There's no one like you, Father. No one like you, Jesus. No one like you, Spirit. May we never forget that. What a mighty God we serve. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen.